Welcome to episode five of the Team Anaconda podcast. Uh, today it's Mike and Brent. We've got a special guest, Isaac Michelle, um, who's just been basically awesome enough to come up to Team Anaconda and uh, run a seminar with us. So, um, Isaac, mate, thanks. First of all, thanks very much for coming up for one and basically running us through a seminar. How do you think it went? Yeah, good. Thank you guys for having me. It was. Uh, I love coming up here. I love Central Coast. So, yeah, it was sweet. Yeah, first uh, first guest on the on the podcast, so I think we're doing pretty well to get you back on here. So, <laughs> what one is? Nice, absolutely. Um, so like you um, seminar. One of the first things I wanted to ask you about was was seminars. Like for you, you know, basically competing all over the shop now. Um, just uh, in Australia at the moment, unfortunately, uh, can't can't really go anywhere. Um, how how often are you getting out and getting chances to do seminars and how much does how much basically what i'm saying is how does teaching basically help your development as a jiu-jitsu practitioner i think yeah seminars are good because uh it just means I, i'm always trying to study and keep up to date with everything jiu-jitsu related um so doing seminars reinforces that but I should be doing that anyway, so it's just good to to have the seminars there. I'm trying to do. I I'm probably doing two, three seminars a month at the moment. Uh, tra- traveling interstate a little bit. COVID restrictions have made that a little bit difficult uh, lately, but trying to work around those. Um, but yeah, doing it as much as possible. But I'm basing out of Bondi at the moment, so I'm teaching a lot of privates as well. But also that's related to keeping up to date with with everything keeping sharp with technique and teaching definitely helps that as well and um what what's the goal moving forward as far as competing what's um what are the what are the goals for yourself as you go forward yeah so i have uh trials at the end of the year which is december 11th so hopefully adcc trials um win those and then go back to or go to puerto rico and start training with the team again with like John and Craig and Gordon and all those boys and get prepared for the following ADCC so that's sort of like my goals are to be uh, win ADCC like multiple times and then after that see see where that takes me but eventually I would open up my own academy back in Australia so I'm planning to live overseas for a while and just compete where, where it's all happening but long term I want to come back to Australia, open up a gym and just kind of settle down here. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you. Obviously, all the boys are over there. So, mm. how long how long since you've been over there with all the Danaher Death Squad? So, I think two years ago, I went to Europe and yeah. I did Grapple Fest. Yeah. And then from there, I kind of went to Canada and did a bit of teaching over there. And then... I went on to shortly after that went over to New York so I spent uh, quite a bit of time there now Mm. Um, but a lot of that has been going in and in and out like to other competitions like trials last year was in Japan and I had a few other competitions Mm. in Europe and things like that but um, it's just a little bit difficult until you can get onto uh, an official visa like an athlete visa which is which will help out a lot so in the process of that so hopefully that's all gets processed soon and I can stay in Puerto Rico for for a bit. Brent and I were having a bit of a laugh before um before we started the seminar tonight about um you know how good would it be to be able to you know run around and teach jiu-jitsu for mm. a living. So you've just you know said Canada, New York, <laughs> yeah. like 
basically been to some of the hot spots in the world. Yeah. Like, is it all? I mean, surely it's not all jujitsu when you go over there. What's the uh, what's what's the travel adventures like for for yourself? Yeah, like um, because like when you kind of go into a jujitsu community and you're teaching and that, there's always like a lot of people and a lot of friendly people. So you make a lot of friends mm. and you kind of just go with the flow with whatever they're they're up to. Yeah. So it's good to good way to get. Um, indulge in the culture of where you are I guess because they're kind of just doing what they they were normally doing over in those parts of the world um, but yeah a little bit well back then was a little bit of partying now <laughs> it's more like I haven't actually had a had a sip of alcohol for over a year now yeah. so well, it's probably just a testament to where you want to go in the in the future like you'd you're going down that professional athlete path and obviously having for some of the guys that want to take it serious and they want to compete and watching people like you and talking about stuff like that like it's all about embracing like your clean lifestyle you're not drinking alcohol your strength and conditioning and focusing on all the package obviously to be the best jiu-jitsu yeah i think like back in the day it used to be a little bit more like oh you can just rock up yeah you can just rock up and train in here and there and compete here and there and Mm. And jiu-jitsu, the whole jiu-jitsu community was like a little bit more relaxed. Mm. Even like the professional athletes um, were still like partying and yeah. stuff. But then like we'll see like, uh, I guess like UFC fighters and they're, they're acting a lot more professional and doing this and that and having like a full year where they're just like uh, focusing every day on improving themselves. And now there's like other jiu-jitsu athletes that are being a lot more professional in that sense. So I guess you always want to do everything you can to be to be the best you can and be ahead of the competition mm. and you kind of thinking like oh you know like um the people in america or the people in europe or the people over there probably training right now or yeah. training every day <laughs> like i shouldn't be doing this yeah. so it keeps you it keeps me motivated yeah. to just to be like using every day like maximizing every day yeah i know i know what you mean like i like i've competed a fair bit like as like even just as a white bottom only a blue belt now but yeah you have that mentality when you start like doing competitions and you're like oh shit like my whoever it is is probably doing all this training and you're like oh, i can't miss training tonight because i don't want to <laughs> yeah it's a good framing to yeah, use I for love sure. it. yeah yeah it's, it's a good attitude to have when you think about that but i mean like i always look at like different sports like some of the biggest sports in this country like you know the football codes mate and those guys are out getting themselves in trouble and drinking all the time. <laughs> yeah. and they're the ones making all them. They're the ones making the money in yeah. the country. I think it's who you are, like your personality. Yeah, sure. Like there's some guys that are the best, and they still do it. Like they still party a lot and stuff, and then they can just like bounce back. Like, um, was it John Jones who said he used to party all the time, like yeah. straight before his matches, <laughs> Not and then and yeah. yeah. And some he used to like, rock yeah. up on the day and and dominate. So the, I think it's like for me, it's like. Uh, some of my confidence coming into a match is how I prepared for the yeah, match. For sure. So if I was like partying the whole time and not training, then when I come to compete, I'll, I'll be like, you. oh, do I really deserve to like win this? Yeah. Like when I was partying the whole time, yeah. opposed to like being like uh, set focused leading up to the match. You could even do it in like camps. You could like have a match, do like three months where you're just like solely focused on that, acting well for that, and then you know enjoy have a break yeah. yeah yeah it's good obviously it's good to have a break like doing 
camp wise like that because it just um obviously you probably know like going back to back competitions and stuff it kind of burnt, it, burnt, it takes its toll on you eventually when guys are competing and jiu-jitsu is a sport that doesn't stop it's a year-round sport mm. there's no like uh like ufc or rugby league or whatever where you're Seasonal. in a set season and or ufc is all year round as well but like yeah you know like rugby you're in a set season so you you kind of got the off season you can blow out and do whatever you want but jiu-jitsu yeah yeah never stops so i was gonna ask you what's your strength and conditioning kind of routine like yeah so for recently since i've been back mm. in australia i've been working working out a lot in the gym like pretty much every day mm. um doing uh like a lot of different um uh, a lot of different things really like kind of experimenting with a few different things but um that's something that i've focused on a lot more since coming back from from america just because over there i was so uh it's just so much training in jiu-jitsu and learning so much that uh, lifting weights was like secondary to everything yeah. but since i've been back it's i've been doing a lot more wrestling and trying to get a bit bigger for the division for, uh, for adcc and putting that size and strength on so been basically working out every day um and wrestling a lot yeah. involved as well yeah i noticed that you like uh, you've been training with igor and that uh, doing your wrestling and stuff yeah i've seen you did your you did like a your rest, like a wrestling competition. How'd that go? Yeah, it was it was my first wrestling yeah, competition. Yeah. yeah, it was really fun. Um, kind of just like ro- rocked up, like not knowing what it was all about. But um, I won all my matches mm. in wrestling. Like I think like I did pretty pretty well with the. I'm not sure what the level was though. Like w- yeah. within that competition, yeah. um, I, I'm not sure what the level is within Australia to mm. be honest with wrestling, but. Um, now, like I'm helping um, Jaden and Ethan, they're doing uh, Olympic trials soon, so mm. they they have to, have to fly over to South uh, Africa actually to do their trials. So uh, me and um, Jacob and my friend Adam as well, we're we're helping them out with their with their wrestling camp at mm. the moment. So yeah, th- nice. they're like the top sort of the top wrestlers at the moment in in Australia, and it's good to get that exposure and kind of like level up in that stand up game. So when I come back to competing overseas in America, I'm going to feel a lot more confident like taking the match wherever it goes, like standing and doing takedowns. And it's good because now I can do like more takedowns into leg entanglements and things like this. So it's yeah, going to be set more. You up for, yeah, the more confident you are in that, the more you're going to go for things. So. I'm really curious actually, because like whenever I think about jiu-jitsu, um, you know, and traditional jiu-jitsu and how much it's evolved, it's, it's funny that, you know, wrestling now becomes jiu-jitsu mm. you know what i mean that's i i really enjoy that about jiu-jitsu jiu-jitsu will take from judo from wrestling from whatever and this is now it's not judo anymore it's ju- it's jiu-jitsu mm. do you know what i mean mm. like there's no there's not really a limit on what you can do in jiu-jitsu i know we we're talking you were talking um fairly recently about you know the next the next evolution of jiu-jitsu and how we went from kind of leg locks but now the next big evolution is going to be the wrestling how do you how do you reckon that's gonna happen right i I figure that because like uh a lot of guys got a really good at leg locks especially like the dds crew gary and uh, craig and gordon and eddie cummings and all all those guys at that time got really good at leg locks and were basically winning everything and then like eventually people catch on and then they they get good at leg locks and then the the level of defense through those leg locks gets good and, and eventually it kind of like becomes a pretty even, even battle so then you start incorporating uh takedowns into that and then you you start uh coming up from the guard 
why you're doing leg locks midway through you start getting body locks and you're coming up and then you're on top position and then you're working a more overall game so i think having that uh level of like wrestling or stand-up game Mm. within like good guard game with leg locks just makes you like uh overall a really hard person to beat Mm. because then you can stand up you can take people down if you're down on the ground you're attacking leg locks people are defending those leg locks and then there's back take opportunities and there's also opportunities to get back on top so it, it really makes you an overall like complete grappler mm. i think a lot of guys like you watch at competitions that um excel have a really high level um amount of wrestling even like same like you like your body lock control um obviously in this gym we've got a fair few big fellas um and the wrestling t- kind of takes its dominance with a lot of guys. Um, obviously, me and me and Chris, Lilia, we kind of love wrestling and love that grind. So, whereas um, I'm on the other end of it, getting yeah, you getting know, having thrown around, <laughs> but uh, you um, know, we yeah, do it. I love, but I love you've got wrestling. to adapt to it. That's what I yeah. like. It's and the good thing is, like, no matter who you're rolling against, you've got to find, you know, the next, the next. As you said, like everyone was going for leg locks for a while, so you learn to defend them. So. Jiu-Jitsu is always evolving into something else, and it's great. Um, I think John Danaher was talking recently about how he thinks we're just about on the precipice of seeing it as a you know a high-level sport in the world mm. that can compete on its own merits. It's not like just get really good at Jiu-Jitsu so you can go and enter MMA anymore. Mm. It's now at a point where well, I don't need to do. I don't need to get punched in the face. <laughs> I can go and do. You know, I can do this sustainably um what do do you what do you think what do you think we're missing in the world to make jiu-jitsu like you know that thing that everyone's more mainstream well yeah more mainstream absolutely i think we're missing like a league like a a league that we can all have like some sort of setup where there's teams or or a league where all of the our competitors have a official ranking that that because right now there's competitions here 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 and here and there's so many different things happening with all different rule sets it makes it very complicated to know who's like what the ranking is within jiu-jitsu as well and i think we don't have an an official rule set for jiu-jitsu every competition around even locally will have a different rule set and i think that also like complicates things um and I think we just need to have like I think EBI was doing so well before they changed their rule set to combat jujitsu. Yeah, yeah, right, right. They they were doing really well with uh, pay per views and they mm. were on UFC Fight Pass and things and something like that. I think something like that would kick off and then make jujitsu more, a more mainstream sport. Mm. I think if we made the Olympics, it would um, it mm. would change the game a lot more. Um, like obviously, like wrestling's not that big. Um, televised wise or like you kind of got to be the same as judo you kind of got to be in that knit community to kind of know about it but if you're getting it on the olympics and you're getting it more mainstream i think it'd go a long way but look how good like you can transition it from um like gi to no gi all the money is in no gi um all the big competitions are in no gi um obviously it's a lot bigger in america and um and overseas compared to australia um but guys like you guys like craig um that are coming up and lachlan that are beating high level guys in america and seeing like or in the jiu-jitsu community in australia when lachlan went on the adcc run how much it blew up in australia like oh there's this guy that's come from australia and we're all just sitting there back like going we knew what's coming so it's just a matter of time for guys like you's getting through i think that'll shed light on the on the sport 
So. Yeah, I think that would definitely help jiu-jitsu in Australia, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, when Craig did his run, beating Leandro Lowe mm. and Marilo Santana, that kind of like, everyone was pretty blown away mm. by that. Then Lachlan did the same thing last mm. ADCC. So the more we can get onto those big stages and do well, like mm. it's going to increase like uh, the popularity of jiu-jitsu hit back here in Australia, which is, which is great. Yeah. really like the idea of, like I said, some kind of league, some kind of set-up competition. But as you said, the problem is kind of, you know, everyone's fighting for dominance. And we, you, you saw the, a similar thing with boxing. He's like, boxing mm. was, you know, really lost a lot of its luster for a while because it was, there was a hundred divisions and five, six organisations, all with a world title. So mm. you're having like, you know, five, six world champions, mm. it seems... Uh, ridiculous and the UFC kind of came in and made such a difference because they were the MMA organization you know they somehow marketed themselves as the MMA organization so if we can get that with jiu-jitsu that'd be awesome you could you know run up a a proper title this is someone needs to market a title that everyone wants yeah and it drags people into the sport because they know they've got a clear path of what to get to yeah right now there's a few big ones there's like Kasaya Polaris yeah Grapplehurst like uh, fight to win like flow grappling and putting on some some matches mm. but like I, I think EBI might come back to mm. regular jiu-jitsu I think that was really popular combat jiu-jitsu wasn't as popular but if it can come back as regular jiu-jitsu and it's still on UFC fire pass yeah, I think that's gonna sure. that that will probably be the most popular mm. sort of uh let me, let me ask you something. Something in regards to like like a league. Like if you were to have an actual competition, how often do you think you could have a legitimate match? Because it is, you know, a combat sport. And in like MMA, people are waiting, you know, three, four months minimum bef- between fights and sometimes six, eight, up to a year. How quickly do you think you could turn around to actually have like a, a table like you know everyone takes on each other and i know injuries obviously are going to cause issues with that but um what what's what's a realistic time frame to do multiple matches in one competition right so i think uh for 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 myself and like for craig for example like try to compete well, for me personally i'm trying to compete as much as possible mm. like whatever i'm just taking whatever opportunities come up i'm competing in local events and bigger events like whatever's happening i'm going to try to be there because i'm just gaining all the experience i can right now just to prepare myself for the biggest competitions like it's all about like getting experience for me right now but when you get to the, like the highest level in jiu-jitsu i think you should be trying to compete once a month or once every two months mm. if possible um, if a league was made, like who knows, like like basketball in the basketball season, they can, they're having games all like every day. Yeah, like, yeah. well, yeah. you go into a competition and you you know having three matches, four matches mm. in the one day. Like, is it realistic to go and have a match one weekend and then come back and back up the next against another comp- competitor? Especially if you're just having one match. Like, yeah. if it was like wrestling where you have your team mm. against their team and you just have like one sort of super fight and then they have a super fight and mm. accumulate sort of thing, then you could, realistically, you could do that every weekend. Yeah, yeah. That's, what I'm, that's what I'm wondering. I mean, I know injuries are going to happen. and mm. You recover. But it actually, it'd, you know, it'd, not it sounds silly, but it would reward you kind of tapping because you can get to go back the next week. But if you get real stubborn, 
and you know something gets cranked on gets like that to a high level so it's um, but that's what I mean like you've got to, if you need to come and earn you know like say in in, in rugby league you get two points for your win mm. a point for a draw each like you know if, if you can kind of walk away with it when you go oh, well I don't want to get hurt because I need to come back next week <laughs> yeah. otherwise I'm going to be forfeiting matches mm. and stuff and like we, that. we didn't have problems when we are playing like football and rugby like competing Having every a game every weekend, week, yeah. every weekend, yeah, so. yeah and that's right. like eighty minutes of slamming into each other. Exactly. Yeah. If someone, if someone gets ten injured in rugby league, you can easily bring in someone else to yeah. replace them in that position. Yeah. In you know, if you're the one competing, you can't mm. just go. Oh well, I'll just sub in my mate here to yeah. take my mat and not take yeah. my next. I, I really like the team events. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. like five cool. on five. Yeah. Like, like those Quintet team events are cool. Yeah, Quintech was awesome. It was really. I think that makes the event more entertaining we run a uh, we run like an internal quintet like once a year oh, so we'll just like we'll just whoever in, enters the draw and it's um it's like a bit like everyone will come and sit and watch in and it's like yeah. it's a good experience for the guys that haven't been out in a competition before in-house competition yeah because um that's all that's the first ever competition i did i went to elvis's gym and i did it my like a white belt in-house competition and Obviously, a big adrenaline dump, but for some of the boys that had competing on the weekend, like that was their um, that was their first one as an in-house mm. one. And even they were saying like, um, like the world. nerves, but like yeah. it, it's the intensity. And it's just against your teammates, yeah. but like it's just a good mm. way to introduce yourself to competing. The more you do anything, the more comfortable you'll be yeah, with it. Sure. So yeah. it's it's interesting to see like some of these guys like Craig's competing a lot, but like. Herberto Jimenez who's versing Gordon uh, Ryan this weekend mm. like he competes all the time like uh, he's on every everything I'm watching he, yeah. he's on the card so those guys always impress me the most because they're the guys that they're losing sometimes but they're they're putting themselves out there so much that they're probably winning more than they're losing yeah. as well so people don't really care about the losses when they're always showing up again Yeah, where where people like rock up once every six months to compete then people will remember that when they lose yeah. or when they win. Yeah. So it's always good just to put yourself out there as much as possible and like mm. compete as much as possible. That's yeah. what I always tell uh, everyone that, that asks me that question. Mm. Yeah. Clearly a, a, a no gi enthusiast, but um, I've, I've, you started you started training in the gi and kind of you said you've been at this now for six years. Um, first three years were in the gi, second three was no gi. I'm really curious about that transition. How did that go from all one into all another? Like, you know, plenty of people train both. Was there like a, a time where you trained both or was it just like a snap? It was actually, a, well, I did a lot of gi. I went over to Team Lloyd Irvin's gym, which was in Washington, D.C. And that was a really cool experience. It was like we're, we're all living in a fighter house and um, just training, I think, three times a day in the gi and uh then we we did that for a few months and and then we did welds and and that was great and then i got back and there was this um it was called agc australian grappling championships and they had a like a kind of a, probably the biggest competition i've seen in in australia at that point where it was like a no geese super fight event and they hired out a big pub and they put it on like big television up and a, a big light show and they put up posters and things and they made it a big deal but it was a, a no-gi like super fight sort of setup and they put me in the I think it was a 16-man bracket and they put up like I think $500 at the time or could have been a bit more mm. for the winner I was like oh I need to win that <laughs> 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 you know I need I need some money like yeah. it'd be great to like um 
be the guy who who wins like that's the the best in the city sort of thing like in adelaide at the time um i was like yeah i gotta win that and that was no gi so then i i just didn't train in the gi at all leading up to that and then i was starting to really enjoy no gi at that point but i still hadn't learned any heel hooks or anything so i didn't i didn't know what a um, saddle or inside Sankaku was I didn't know so many positions in nogi so I was like doing nogi as if I was still in the gi almost and then I competed and I actually won the whole tournament and even though I was getting put in these like uh, positions I was kind of doing like like a Vinny or uh, Leandro low and just kind of like getting out of the position yeah. somehow like and then after that I did a Craig Jones seminar and Adam Jones, which is his brother, was like, don't wear the gear anymore. Like, he was just, like, in my ear all the time. Like, you're not going to make money if you do that. Craig said, it's all no gear. Like, mm. so eventually, like... <laughs> so you've got, like, you know, the little devils on each yeah, shoulder exactly, telling you telling yeah. you to stay out. And then I did this, um, like, seminar camp in Thailand, where mm. it was. And I just had so much fun there. And that's when I learned more about nogi and more about the the different positions and how it it, it is different to to gi jiu-jitsu in a way and then after i was like kind of like indulged in that sort of um environment of nogi i just enjoyed it a lot better and i could kind of see it uh, more clearly and understand it more clearly and then uh, i enjoyed it more because it was it was a bit quicker like you could wrestle as well which is fun and you could you go into so many different positions so quickly and even though some people say it's a bit more scrambly, like you kind of learn to control yourself mm. in those scrambles. And for me, it became a lot more enjoyable than jiu-jitsu after that. It's a lot faster, I feel. Yeah, yeah. Like you, I'd, going from, I went almost, I reckon a year, year and a half before I got back in the gear again. And um, coming back in, it was, it was just so much lower. Like yeah, it's a diff- to, different world. But, yeah. Yeah, there's, but there's, like in saying that, uh, it can be a lot more controlling on your end if you know what you're doing but yeah, yeah i love no gi no. I, I love both you love everything i love everything you, you, you're all over yeah. it got a couple of enthusiasts for both a couple of that are more gay and yeah. a couple that are more yeah. no gay in here yeah. so but everyone kind of has a go mm. um i want to come back to the fighter house how, how many people in a fighter house how many people are you living with uh, at the time i think there was it was probably around 10 or maybe is that just all more. mates or is it a little bit you know no actually i didn't know, i didn't know anyone when it's i rocked right. up it's got to be a little bit that's a party house little, well, i don't know <laughs> is, it, is it a party house all the time no, is it tense so, or is it um you know kind of iron each other off just like so when i rocked up it was it was really late at night and it was kind of like the hood like i rocked up and then <laughs> and um like everyone else is from the area or they're from brazil yeah like from Sao Paulo and stuff like this. And um, they kind of looked at me like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like when it's I first rocked up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but no, they were, they were really nice. Like a lot of guys barely spoke English. They were, they were from, from Sao Paulo, Brazil mm. and stuff. But I make really good friends with them. And because you train together, it, it, it forces a camaraderie mm. uh, for each other straight away. And you kind of respect each other because you're you're fighting with each other as well and you're training literally every single day three times a day together and then we sleep next to each other in like a basement sort of thing and we just have little mattresses and like it's it's cool and then we have to like um kind of like get back there and like 
go to the supermarket together and trying to like sort out food together and the, it's always busy in the kitchen but everybody's so focused on these competitions that are coming up it's not really like a party house yeah. it's more it's more of like a like it's like it's a world to prep yeah, yeah. and we, we do chill like we, we get back and we, we nap a lot to be honest like yeah. w- when you're training that much mm. as soon as you get a chance you're kind of napping throughout the day and it just it kind of happens like mm. naturally um but no it was it was really good to have that sort of like friendship with with a lot of guys there um and i always like value that like sadiq yusuf who's now in the ufc he was in the house at the time and he used to give me rides into into the gym Mm. together so i would um really enjoy like his company Mm. and learning from him and stuff which was really cool and uh all the guys there went on to be like successful at jiu-jitsu so i think there's a a a different bond you have with the people you train with at jiu-jitsu like there's like even like from footy like i'm i grew up playing footy and so yeah you have a, a pretty a tight bond with people but some of the people that i um have met through jiu-jitsu my bond is way stronger yeah um you might just pause that there for the alarms going a off nice uh, little alarm going off in the background <laughs> we'll pause and come right back okay we're back here that'll be like nothing but all that uh we've got a nice alarm going off in the background we're actually in our um still in the gym still uh and we've got the uh get off the mats alarm because the boys kind of love their jiu-jitsu too much and when they're finished on the mats they get off and just talk for 10 minutes so the fat uh yeah yeah, so the people that you know work behind the counter here uh kerry just is like all right come on guys time to go uh, yeah She, she likes when I'm in here because I I just turn the lights off and then <laughs> I'm like, all right, it's time to go. Turn the lights off, everyone out. So yeah, it's, it's a good way to do it. Yeah, <laughs> they, everyone gets the point pretty quick. <laughs> Similar to the pub, but uh, yeah, last so. drinks, yeah, last rolls, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. last rolls, yeah. get on it, and you can't, you know, you don't have to go home, but you can't yeah. stay. Here. You know, it's like that. Once you're on the mat, like you just you could just spend all night. You just yeah, rolling and yeah. talking and hanging out. But as I was saying, yeah, you, the the bonds of I think I've had with a lot of people in the gym, like just from yeah that experience of rolling with everyone and yeah going to war some nights with everyone. So it's uh, yeah it's awesome. But I was gonna oh, what were you gonna say you're trying to kill each other yeah every minute. night yeah then your best friend is yeah exactly minute. and there's not many uh, places you're you can talking do about that. how you tried to kill each other yeah. it's it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. such a bizarre yeah. relationship yeah. and you know it's like oh I tried to kill you with this but you know what to stop it you can do this yeah. and it's like you just talking tactics mm. after you've just tried to you know simulate murder. Kill each other. yeah i was gonna uh, have you had any major injuries or um not really no. i hurt my i did a few tears in my knee but yeah. i seemed to bounce back pretty quickly from those um yeah. i hurt my my arm pretty badly mm. I, I competed like okay so this is a bit of a story i was on the train to do a um uh, BJJ Invitational for BJJ Fanatics. It was their first sort of event. And um, I was on the train with Gordon and it was a three-hour ride to Boston. And uh, my lawyer called me and she said, you're a legal immigrant right now. Like you've overstayed <laughs> your visa here in America. <laughs> Leave the country right now. <laughs> and uh, at the time I was like, oh my God, like I, I didn't know. So what had happened was I went to um, Europe and I competed when I came back to America, the official actually wrote the wrong date in my passport. So oh. I'm thinking, oh, I've got still got a couple of weeks. Like mm. I'm, I'll book my flight and mm. leave by that day. I'll be sweet. But because the date was wrong, my actual date. So I was in a in a little bit of a like I was a bit stressed out about mm. that. 
then I competed and I've got this guy that I've seen um I've seen I've I've seen him I've rolled with him before when Craig was like filming DVDs for the BJJ Fanatics thing and I was like oh I've got um you know I've got this round first like I should should be right should win this one and I worry about like who's in the, in the next one so yeah. like the further rounds like <laughs> I'm kind of like I'll stand with this guy I want to stand up a little bit wrestle with him he was a lot bigger than me though anyway like he actually pulled guard and I went to go do it like a Kimura rolled over and he quickly reversed it and put me in an armbar and I'm like I'm not tapping to this yeah. like there's no way i'm like have this opportunity and i'm gonna yeah. like lose right now like so i try to get out of it for quite a long time and if you watch the match i almost get it out a few times and he kind of sucks it back in last minute and the whole time my arms just like popping popping oh. popping popping and uh i think when i got back i did some some scans on it and stuff like that i think i had some fractures and some ligament tears in my mm. arm when i got back from that but I, cool. I got back to training and the, the next hour i was like oh john like <laughs> I actually have to go back to Australia now. So I was on the plane with like a broken arm, oh. like <laughs> heading back after a loss. But it was all good. Like I came back and qu- quickly and competed as much yeah. as possible. So yeah, Charles Oliveira and Tony Ferguson. Um, yeah, all exactly. All yeah. Think of, yeah. But yeah, we've had a few big injuries and in, not big injuries, but like... Oh, we did a whole podcast on injuries just uh, with you. Yeah. You yeah, I like tall, tall one ACL and not in here, like footy. Then I went to go back to footy and then uh, tore my meniscus. Footy's then, a dangerous sport. Yeah, I've, I've, I've stick right, to jiu jitsu. Right. <laughs> <laughs> after it happened, I was like on the phone to my wife and my home. I was like, stuff here, so I'm retiring, I'm done, I've had enough. <laughs> and then uh, I'm back in jiu jitsu now, so it's like I missed like 12, 14 weeks or something to stitch up. But. So, um, other so is there time for anything other than jiu jitsu these days? I know you surfed and skated as a young bloke, mm. um, but it's just. All jiu-jitsu all the time these days or do you yeah. have time for some other things no i have um uh, like i'm living with with my partner at the moment so i spend time with her but we go down the beach a lot and i, su- I still surf a lot so i've always got a surfboard with me and, and on, on the weekends i do that um right now i'm doing lots of privates and also wrestling and kind of traveling out to find different people to train with mm. just i'm um, trying to get the best training i can at the moment um Still skateboarding. Still, I got a skateboard here in in Bondi, so skateboarding a little bit as well. But apart from that, like not a lot. Mm. Just, just all jujitsu. Yeah, jujitsu yeah. and a little bit of surfing, mm. skating, and yeah, nice. You're out. in a good spot for it. <laughs> yeah, mm. it's it's nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's right up in, in uh, you know Bondi. I mean, you're always welcome to come up. Uh, you know, feel free to drop in here. <laughs> yeah. We've got, pl- we've got plenty <laughs> of beaches, mate. Some of the we've got plenty of good beaches. I probably wouldn't hang around some of the skate parks, but yeah. the beaches you'd be right. <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah. I, I actually spent some time with Bobby. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he lives like just near Soldiers Beach. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. I got to surf Soldiers Beach yeah, for a while, Beach and that was nice. so much fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If I could choose, I would actually live out here because yeah. I kind of like the quietness. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't like too many people. That's how, that's why all I the time. Up here, so yeah. Come yeah. up to a nice coastal town. A lot cheaper yeah. to live up here too. Yeah, I want to build a gym on like a more quiet sort of coastal town where I could surf yeah, every yeah, day, mate. teach a couple classes. Nor ahead, all you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> and I would just get like, I'll, I'll, I'll make a, like a fighter house, right? Yeah. So I could sponsor athletes to come and just live there. So then they don't have to worry mm. about rent and stuff. Yeah. They can just train all day with their other friends mm. 
and th- they don't have to deal with like you know living in new york yeah, for yeah. example yeah. something like that they yeah. can have like nice coastal place to mm. live as well you so. heard it here first that's it it's isaac, on, it's isaac michelle nor it's a good idea yeah. <laughs> 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 we'll start you build it, mate. We'll <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well mate isaac thanks very much for coming thanks for doing the seminar tonight it's uh much appreciated and thanks for Spending a bit of time talking to us on Team Anaconda podcast. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks heaps, dude. All right. Awesome. That's it. Thanks, guys. Until next time, we'll see you later. Bye-bye.